Good morning. Welcome, Pleasant Street, wherever, wherever you are gathered. Uh, home, maybe at a friend's, maybe at a vacation spot. But wherever you are, we are the church. Before we begin, just want to remind people this went out in a MailChimp this past Friday. However, if you or someone in your life 75 years or older still have not had the opportunity to get the vaccine for COVID, Kelly Bull at the Senior Center has an opportunity to help you get an appointment. So we just want to make sure everybody has that information. Love for you to connect with Kelly and get those in your life, 75 and older, safe. Let's quiet our hearts as we begin worship. Together, let us contemplate Jesus the Lord. Would you rise, embody your spirit, as we have this call to worship? And I recognize that many of you are probably sitting on a couch right now, but I'm asking you to rise, embody your spirit, to become an active participant in worship. So maybe you can't stand to your feet because there's a toddler on your lap or you're sipping your coffee or something. But maybe what you want to do is maybe you just want to raise your hand. And together, let's worship our Lord. Again, let us contemplate Jesus the Lord. Instead of the joy meant for him, he endured the cross, disregarding its disgrace. We, we worship you, Lord. O Jesus Christ, born in humility to confound the proud and to raise the humble, we worship you, Lord. You lived among us, healing the sick, proclaiming good news to the poor and freedom to prisoners. We worship you, Lord. You came to unbind the chains of every slavery. O friend of the humble, bread of hungry hearts. We worship you, Lord. Jesus, full of patience and goodness, you showed forgiveness and kindness to the very end. We worship you, Lord. Jesus, gentle and humble of heart, you call to yourself all who are weary and burdened. We worship you, Lord. Jesus, you came into the world to serve and to give your life. You were betrayed for money, dragged before judges, and nailed to a cross. We worship you, Lord. Jesus, Lord of the universe, by your resurrection from the dead, you are alive at the Father's side, and there you prepare a place for us. We, we worship you, Lord. Every heart that 
we fallen from where God has placed us. We mess up every week, every day, every hour. Would you join me in confession before our God? Almighty God, you despise nothing you have made. 
and you forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create in us new and contrite hearts that truly repenting of our sins and acknowledging our brokenness, we may obtain from you the God of all mercy, full pardon and forgiveness. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Would you take a moment? In the quiet of your own heart, come before God. Confess those things which keep you from being in true relationship with him. Hear these words of encouragement from a verse that so many of us memorize when we're in elementary school, but whose promise is almost more than we can comprehend. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whomever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send him into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Know that in Jesus, God loves you, forgives you, and strengthens you to live a renewed life. Thanks be to God.
Thank you, Baird and team. Um, for those who don't know, uh, that's Mr. Baird Lashley. He's our serve worship director and the choir and band director at the Christian School, and we're so grateful that you would join us this morning and lead us, Baird. Also joining us this morning, Pastor Bill Viss will be giving the word, and we're grateful for his presence here this morning. Um, as all of you must know, uh, Pastor Matthew has started to show COVID symptoms, and therefore this week was a week of pivoting, but we are grateful that we get to worship together. Um, those who are wondering, Pastor Matthew is doing relatively well. He is certainly sick, but he is at home and working on getting better. Um, also this week, uh, Joy B had a fall and broke her shoulder, and so we will keep her in prayer. And we also want to just continue to remember everyone who continues to be affected by everything having to do with COVID. Would you join me as we go to our God in prayer? God of love, we come before you today with praise in our hearts and thanksgiving on our lips, knowing that we do not deserve your love and grace, but knowing you give it to us not at our cost, but out of what you have done for us on the cross. We thank you for creation and the changing seasons, our community, schools, and jobs with which we can provide for our families and be ambassadors for your kingdom. Thank you for health and safety, belonging and purpose, and for the greatest gift of all, our redemption and opportunity for relationship with you. Knowing that you desire to bless us with all good things, we offer these intercessions. For persons whom we know with particular needs, especially Angela C., she continues treatment for lung cancer, Joy B.'s broken shoulder, and those who continue to battle symptoms and residual symptoms of COVID, including our own Pastor Matthew. Heal them and restore them to health. We lift up those who have been and continue to be in isolation through COVID, those in nursing homes without visitors, those who live alone, and those whose opportunity to be involved in meaningful relationships has been truncated by social distancing and small gathering sizes. Give us and their loved ones creative ways to meet them in their loneliness and relieve it. Lord, we pray for our school systems as they continue to figure out how to teach and educate in the light of ever-changing guidelines. Lord, we lift up our college students who have had a much different first year of college than some of them expected. We lift our high school seniors whose year they thought were going to be full of athletic competitions and robotics competitions, final concerts, socials and proms, field trips that are all in jeopardy. Lord, be with Dylan, Jared, Carly, Mai, Patrick, Evelyn, Josiah, Destiny, Courtney, 
Amber, Morgan, and Alyssa, students who have worked so hard all year, help them to graduate and to still have meaningful memories from their senior years. Lord, as your hands and feet in this broken world, help us to seek justice. Let us not be content to think of justice as the responsibility of the court system or the social justice causes we see flipping through our Facebook news feeds. May we seek your shalom and peace. And as a church and as individuals, actively work to right the wrongs in our community and in the world. Finally, Lord, guide us. Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church as we seek to follow you. As we celebrate 125 years as a worshiping community, may we not be complacent in doing your work, but we, may we pray deeply and discern what it is you are leading us to in these next 125 years of ministry. As we re-engage with a growing young initiative after a year of transition and programmatic starts and stops due to COVID, we pray that you would show us and energize us towards the opportunities you have given us to grow in vitality as a church, as we work to develop a thriving intergenerational ministry where all generations fall more in love with you and shine your light. God of all seasons, in your pattern of things, there is a time for keeping and a time for losing, a time for building up and a time for putting down. In the season of Lent, as we journey to the cross, help us to discern in our lives what we must lay down and what we must take up, what we must end and what we must begin. Give us grace to leave, lead a disciplined life in glad faithfulness and with joy that comes from a closer walk with you. We pray this in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, to whom all thanks and praise are due. Amen. Good morning. This morning's reading comes from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them out into the vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon, and about three in the afternoon did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day and doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages. 
beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received the denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Those who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before I begin, I just want to greet all of you more than normal who are with us via Facebook Live. Uh, because I'm at particularly high risk, this is how Sandy and I have worshipped for almost a year now. It kind of stinks. It really does. I miss so much gathering. And I know many of you have as well. I see about 50 every week uh, watching online. I just want to thank you for logging in, for joining in worship. And with you, look forward to the day that the vaccine is fully rolled out, that herd immunity has been achieved, and we can all join in this place again and lift our voices in praise. I don't know if you've ever noticed that a little bit of knowledge of the Bible can sometimes be a very dangerous thing. In this particular parable that Jesus told, I have heard people make this application. You know, when I become a Christian, there are all kinds of things that follow, like spending time once a week in worship and, and offering tithes and offerings and, and maybe giving up some of the fun activities that that I really like to keep doing. And, and this parable says that if I become a Christian at 20 or become a Christian at 80, it doesn't matter, we're all gonna go to heaven and so let's just wait a while. And I wanna tell you right now, that is not the application, not even close. The, the joy of living in the presence of our Savior and to celebrate his spirit working in and through us and, and helping us to grow in love for God and for each other. Why would we want to put that off? Now, the point of this parable is just to emphasize the overwhelming, amazing generosity of our God, whose love is poured out in so many ways unexpected. With the exception of the ending, this story was a very common occurrence in Israel. Unskilled day laborers, people who could maybe pick some grapes or pull some weeds or whatever, would go to the marketplace hoping, hoping that maybe today I can get a day's work and earn a denarius and, and it wasn't a lot of money but it was enough to feed my family for another day or two and, and, and to manage to get by. 
And if I didn't get work for like five days or two weeks in a row, uh, it, could, it could get pretty grim. And so I would go to the marketplace at six in the morning when the day started, hoping that today would be the day that one of the wealthier landowners would take me in and give me some work. And the standard pay was a denarius. And we see this still today. In, in some of the big cities, uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, I know, I've read about it, other places, the Home Depots are often the place that, that day laborers, semi-skilled uh, work workers will gather hoping that a contractor will come and, and bring them in to you know, push the wheelbarrows of cement or whatever has to be done. This is not an unusual scenario. And, and, and this piece about going out again and again at, at 9 and noon and 3 and 5, that also wouldn't be at all unexpected. There'd be a variety of reasons that the landowner might want to jack up the workforce. Maybe, maybe he just had so much to get done that he just kept going and kept adding. Or maybe he looked at the sky and he saw a thorn, a storm, excuse me, coming in, and, and he thought, I've got to, I've got to get this wheat picked up off the ground before it gets soaked and gets destroyed. And so he'd make an extra trip to try to double up on the work crew. And so none of this was expected. And, and when Jesus said, I'll pay you a denarius for the day and sent them into the vineyard, that was the standard. 12 hours of work, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., sun up to sundown, basically. And you get a denarius and you go home and you are content. And so it only takes an odd turn, an unexpected turn, a, a what moment, which so many of the parables have, if you read through them, you'll see again and again that, that he's telling a story and they're saying, well, yeah, he scattered the seed. And, and, and then remember the end of that one, he said, and the good soil produced 30 and 60 and 100 fold. And they'd say, that's nuts. Nothing produces that much. But Jesus would get that aha moment at the end of a parable. And this one, the aha moment comes at the end of the day where he says to his foreman, call in the workers, those who came at five first, and then work back through three and noon and so forth and pay them. And the people who came at five had only worked one hour. He handed them a denarius and they went, whoa, is this a good deal? I mean, they were really, really happy. But as they worked through the people and to the people who had been there for 12 hours through the heat of the day and everything, they thought, well, they're getting a denarius. Maybe I'll get three or five or you know, a week's pay instead of a day's pay. And they got the same thing. And they weren't happy, not surprisingly. Why? They, they sloughed off all day. They got here at 5, they worked an hour, and they get the same as us. How is that fair? And Jesus' reply is, didn't I give you what I promised? You know, you, you worked a day's work. You got a day's pay. You know, so many people didn't get a job at all. Why, why aren't you happy with what I promised you? Why are you un so unhappy that I'm generous to others? This is the amazing, overflowing, abundant, unbelievable grace of God poured out. Three points I would like to just emphasize today. Number one, to experience and know and celebrate, live in the grace of God, Open your eyes so that you see it. Look for it. In this, in this story, everyone wins. 
Even the people who worked all day win. They got money to feed their families. In this story, everyone wins. Some people get more than expected, but nobody gets less than expected. If we we live our lives with our eyes open to the grace of God, we will never be surprised that it's not there. He offers it freely. We are forgiven again and again. He, He enfolds us in his presence. He strengthens us with his spirit. That is constantly happening. The only surprise comes when so much more than we expected happens. I want to make something very clear. For myself, and that may mean you or those here, pretty common. For myself, I really, really like the idea that God blesses me because I have blessed him and others. I I, I really like the idea that I deserve what I get, that I've earned what I get. That it's because it's because I put together a really good sermon this week that, that God says, well, boy, this coming week, I'm going to pour it out on you. Well done, Bill. Or, or because I helped a little old lady get across the street, God looked at me and said, Bill, nice of you to help that little old lady. I've got something extra for you. I mean, that's, that's my heart. But that's not how it works. It says in 1 John that we love God because he first loved us. It says in Romans that God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Nothing that we deserve, nothing that we earned, it begins with him. If we could take a picture of our relationship with God, a a, a big circle, let's say. And everything that God does for us is red. And everything that we do in response or for God is in blue. We wouldn't have a circle that's about 51% God and 49% us. None of us would ever claim it's 50-50. It wouldn't be... 80-20, 80-20, it wouldn't be 90-10. The, 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 the little bit of blue that would be in there that we do for God would be one tiny dot in the bottom of this great big circle because nothing we do compares to the generosity and love of our God. Now that blue is important. That little dot in which we respond with our own generosity to others and, and, and that we respond with helping little old ladies across the street and, and that we respond in a variety of ways to seek justice and love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. That's important, but let's never confuse the idea that what we do somehow makes us worthy to have received God's grace. We are the people who show up at 5.55 p.m., and at 6 p.m., the owner gives us a generous payment. I encourage you to watch for those moments, those special moments, where 
there is so obviously no quid pro quo. That, those moments when God pours himself out in others and in us, and we say, wow. Because they're there. They're there all the time. But sometimes we just don't look for it. Keep your eyes open for those moments when, when God provides an unexpected job, those moments when God provides a gift in the mail that you just didn't expect and you were struggling financially, when, when, when God heals you when you've been so sick. The, the moments abound. And then keep yourself in his presence and make yourself available to receive those blessings. I, I've known so many people who... They're struggling in their lives. It's financial struggle, or their, their marriage is really in a bad state, or, or they, they've got an addiction that they don't know what to do about it, or the kids are getting really lippy and we can't make them understand that that doesn't work. And, 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 and they pray and they say, Lord, I need some money, and nothing happens immediately. Because God's not like a... Like a vending machine that you, you drop in a quarter and you get whatever. God receives our prayers. He loves us. He does provide. How he provides will vary. And they get, they, they, they get distressed and they say, well, maybe there isn't a God. and maybe, maybe I'll just handle this myself. I've been in ministry over 40 years. I have seen it again and again. So they stop coming to church and, and it, you know, again, people. Thank you for joining us from home. I'm glad you're here. Because you can't separate yourself from God or from his people and expect to continue to receive his blessing. It just doesn't work that way. I, I, I read a commentator who suggested that these, these men who stayed in the marketplace, and they were there at 9 yet, and they were there at noon, they, they, they were just kind of lazy. I mean, they were just sitting around the marketplace. Why weren't they out doing something productive? Well, that's, that's completely wrong. There was nothing productive they could do. There was nothing available for them. All they could do was wait and hope and pray that someone would come and provide them an opportunity. If they were lazy, they would have gone home and taken a nap or gone down to the pub and had a few beers with their buddies, but they didn't do that. They made themselves available. They waited. They trusted that God, that the owner, that they would be provided for, and they were. It means you can't give up. I know it's hard sometimes. It's really, really hard sometimes to just hang on. Sometimes it feels like your fingernails. It's just biting in and ready to let go. But in the end of the day, it happens again and again and again that you've waited from 6 a.m. until 5 p.m. and then boom, here they come and they say, hey, we've got an opportunity for you. So we need to ask ourselves, will we keep ourselves in a position and in a place where we are open to receiving those blessings? Are we willing to hang in with God and with his people, trusting that he has not forgotten us and that he will come to us and he will provide? Keep your eyes open for those times that God's blessings show up as promised and sometimes so much more. Maintain your connection with him and with his people and trust that when the need is great, the provision will come. And then finally, learn to, learn to celebrate the joy of others. You know, this, this 
this insidious worm called envy lives in so many of us. We compare, you know, we, we, we want to live up to the Joneses is the old saying of keeping up with the neighbors, right? We, 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 we want to make sure that nobody gets a better shot than we got. And so in this story, when they gave the pay and they gave the denarius to those who worked one hour and they got to those who worked 12 hours and they got the same pay, there was grumbling. What, what's up with this, they said. And the owner says, am I being unfair to you? Didn't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Are you envious because I'm generous? And that last sentence pretty much sums it up. Envy. I, I said that insidious worm that just digs itself down into our hearts and turns joy into bitterness. I read a story about a young lady in her early 20s who looked back at her senior year in high school. And Annika, I appreciated that you prayed for those seniors because it's not the year that, that they planned. But she said, you know, my senior year really was bad because I was so envious of my brother. He was on the basketball team and, and he was popular and he, the girls loved to go out with him and, and, and he was in the in crowd, if you will. And, and, and she said, it just burned me up so much that he had so much going for him and I was just so envious. I can understand how she felt, except that she, she had the lead in the school play, and she was third in her class, and, and she gave a speech at graduation. But it didn't matter how much she had received. All she could focus on and how much, in her sight, more her brother was receiving, and it ruined her year. That's how these workers that came at 6 a.m. were. It's the opposite of grace. It's, it's ungrace. It's, it's the refusal to celebrate gifts received by others. There will always be others who get bigger blessings than we get in one way or another. You know, we have enough money that we're not worried about living. That's a blessing greater than some of you who are watching right now, and I know that's the case. But then I have family who have assets that are approximately 100 times greater than ours. Now, the danger is, instead of celebrating the fact that God has provided us enough to live on, the danger would be to look at this relative and say, boy, I wish I had that, and to pout and to get upset. It's a real danger, and a lot of us struggle with this. Instead of recognizing how deeply we are blessed in a variety of ways, it might be financial. I, I wish that I could sing like you. You know, you don't ever want me on a praise team. But I don't have that blessing, and it could be really easy for me to be envious and say, I wish I had that level of musical talent. And there's danger in that, because now, instead of rejoicing in the gifts that some of you have in music, and as I was sitting here this morning, I was thinking again, which I thought often in the past year and a half, that Pleasant Street probably has the best music in the Bailey. I, mean, I, I just love it, and thank you for serving with that, that talent. Rather than rejoicing in 
this gift that we receive because God has given you that gift, I could become envious and say, it's not fair that I can't sing like that. I can't play any instrument. I just, I don't know why God doesn't let me just magically know all the chords. It doesn't work that way. So instead of focusing on what others have that I don't have, let's all focus on what we do have. And all of us have received so much. In one way or another, we've got, we've got healthy marriages when so many don't, or, or we've got good relationships with our adult children when so many don't, or we've got financial blessings so that we can share with those who have special needs. Let us rejoice in the gifting of others as we rejoice in God's gifting to us. And rather than compare, Let's just say, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. I think the key word here is open as opposed to closed. A life that lives and experiences and knows the abundant, overflowing grace of God has eyes wide open looking for the examples, and they're all around us, of God pouring himself out for us. First and foremost, of course, on the cross, where Jesus poured himself out for us while we were yet sinners. And God's grace wipes away our sin. Eyes wide open to seeing the presence and the blessing of God. Minds wide open to waiting and dwelling in the presence of God, trusting in his presence. Hearts wide open to rejoicing in the gifting that God gives others, even as we celebrate the gifting that God has given us. Living in God's grace, there's no competition here. We celebrate together the blessing of our God. Shall we pray? Almighty God, in so many ways. Can't even begin to recount. We could spend three hours looking at examples and thinking about ways that you have blessed us, you have blessed others. We've seen it. In so many ways, we see that overflowing, abundant, crazy grace of God coming to us freely, completely undeserved, but joyfully received. Lord, help us to open our eyes to see what you're doing, to open our minds to wait and to trust, to open our hearts to the joy of the blessings you give not only us, but others. Lord, thank you for abundant grace. In Jesus, amen. Grace, what have you done? Murdered for me on that cross Accused in absence of wrong My sin washed away in your blood Too much to make sense of it all 
I know that your love breaks my fall The scandal of grace You died in my place Oh, my soul will live Oh, to be like you Give all I have just to know There's no one beside you Forever the hope in my heart Death, where is your sting? Your power is as dead as my sin People of God, may the Lord bless you, keep you, turn his face towards you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you his grace and his peace now and every day of your lives. Amen.
Let us go forth to serve the world for our loving, our loving Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.